we doing, gang? You doing good? Are you doing well? Do I speak proper grammar? Probably not. Anyways, welcome to a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. How are you guys? I'm your friend, your pal, your buddy, your host, Steve Basil, and this, of course, is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. Today, we have uh, one of my very best friends, a delightful lady, a very talented writer and producer, uh, Nikki Schwartzwright. What can I tell you about Miss Schwartz, right? Well, uh, she's she's written and produced on some of your favorite shows. She started off on 10 Things They Hate About You. She moved on to The Hard Times of R.J. Berger. Remember that MTV show? Kid with a big dick. Remember that shit? Uh, she's in the final season of The Office. I met her on The Goldbergs. We had a great time. Uh, we got into all sorts of shenanigans. Uh, and then she was on The Grinder, and now she's currently on Speechless. She's uh, wildly talented, just a lovely lady, and a, and a great time to hang out with in any circumstances. Uh, and today we're going to talk about, oh, oh baby, uh, chronic pain, what that's like, uh, optimism, um, um, uh, rage issues, tempers, all sorts of fun shit, man. We really run the gambit. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. But before we get to that, here comes the good stuff. Uh, Not the good stuff. This is the bad stuff. This is the stuff where I say, hey, if you like the show, support the show. Go to our iTunes page. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Leave us a comment. Uh, Those things help us. Tell your friends. Tweet about us. Terribly underscore funny. Uh, Also, you can check us out on Instagram. It's Terribly Funny Podcast. You know, re-Instagram. IG us. Re-IG our shit. Repost it. Um, There's pictures of me and my my very attractive guests. Sometimes my dog. Sometimes uh, other things. Uh, You can also drop us a line at our our email. It's terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. I'd love to hear from you. I'm still very backlogged. Uh, work's been nuts, but I'm going to get back to all of your responses because I really, really love hearing from you. Thank you so much for those of you who have reached out. Um, now, we're done with that shit. Now let's get to the good stuff. And the good stuff is uh, Nikki Schwartz right? Theme music, please. Bad stuff. Well, you know, it's amorphous. It doesn't have to be terrible. I know. No, it's I know. Everybody's definition. I was trying to think mm-hmm. of what I was going to talk about mm-hmm. on this podcast because, and I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but like, I don't have anyone that's died. That's a good thing. Or I haven't gotten divorced. Yeah. Yet. Hey, man. <laughs> both of those things are coming for all of us. Yeah. I think so. Um, no, just kidding, Well, um, <laughs> But, so I was thinking about it. And I have one thing that I think is kind of interesting, and I've been discussing with my shrink. Of course. Of late. I mean, that's basically what this is. I know. It's I just know. Like, it's just it's like, public therapy. Yeah, it's public therapy. Which makes me feel a little uncomfortable because, I don't know, it's like embarrassing for people to know all this shit. Well, it's also interesting. I think it's it's interesting to, it's, it's hard just to be vulnerable in general outside of just like friends. Yeah. But I will say like, because I started this back up, I took like a break and like started a new season. And because of that, like this week I got a bunch of emails and like a lot of them, uh, this one girl, Anne sent an email and like, it was just this very lovely email, but just kind of at the end is like, I know this is a side project for you, but like this has made me feel not alone. This matters. Mm, that's nice. And I think like that's just like the whole process of just like normalizing, talking about things that nobody wants to talk about. And right. then like, oh, right. You're doing, going through the same shit I am. Yeah. Somebody who I maybe admire or like at least is a successful, well put together person. Sure. Same shit. I have to admit, it just feels like we're talking. I forget the reporters even yeah, here. That's the whole. That's why this, this thing is way is, better than this like is a piece of shit recorder. Just yeah. so you can forget about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this is so my thing, and I think you know a little bit about this, mm-hmm. but I, and I very rarely 
talk it up because it's just a bummer. But, like, I have chronic pain. Yeah. And it's just, like, it, it just doesn't, like, it ebbs and flows. Right. But it's never, like, totally gone. And, I, you know, it started when I was, like, 30. And Just, like, out of nowhere? No. So it started when I got onto The Office. And it mm. was, like, my first uh-huh. network show. And yeah. I was so fucking stressed to start that job because... It was the last season, right? The it was the last season. season. It was my first network job. I'd never watched the show. Oh, boy. And so... I was told I had to have seen every episode by the time what? I started day one, and I had six days to do it. What was that, like 150 episodes? 200, um, yeah, oh, almost 200. Did you and just I, read a bunch of, like, wiki summaries? No, I fucking did it all, Steve. Oh. I watched 10 hours a day for six days, something crazy. And like then that. I bet you came into the room, and you'd be like, well, this happened to this episode. People were like, yeah. oh, really? Is that no, true? I was, are you kidding? I was it. way too scared to talk. Like, yeah. I was, like, catatonic. And you know me, like, I'm a pretty, like... Yeah, outgoing man. you're very vocal vocal yeah, yeah person I feel like all of those people that I worked with on the office like never even really got to know me right because I was just so in my head the whole time and yeah. freaked out well, a, a first job is like that kind of thing I feel like my first job uh, even though I've been writing for a long time was just like it's a it's a weird mind fucking there is like a weird hierarchy to it and you're like given all this advice by people before and like don't talk too much just sit and yeah. listen which is good advice but also like then you get then you're like am I talking too much am I doing this and you like second guess everything it's incredibly stressful yeah it was horrifying or like I would have a pitch but not say it and then someone else would pitch the same thing yeah. and the boss would love it and I'd be like fuck yeah. you know you've been there yeah. Um, but so I would say, and the other thing that was going on that year was I was planning my wedding. Uh huh. So it was like, that Jesus was a Christ. fucking full time job. Yeah. And, and also the most stressful, like it's yeah. just planning like a big fun party, but it's so stressful. Yeah. It was super stressful. I didn't, you know, we were, it was like a, you know, we we're doing it on the cheap. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I did everything. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know when it, it was like midway through the season, like I started, having insomnia which Mm. I had never had before and it was just like this intense literally a three week period where I did not sleep and I'm telling you my doctor Dr. Feelgood he loaded me Uh up with fucking you know Ambien Uh Lunesta like I was like I had superhuman strength. Like I would stay up through all of that shit. Through Ambien? Through Ambien. I only took an Ambien once and it knocked me the fuck out. I, I tried everything. I went and slept by myself at a hotel in like Jesus. a cool hotel with Ambien. Yeah. And I would just like stay up the whole time and it was like, uh Dwight, uh Jim and Pam, what can they do? What can yeah. I do tomorrow? It was like a really vicious cycle. And finally, like I, I remember one night just like because the office was in the valley I drove to my parents house and just like bawled in their kitchen mm-hmm. and was like everybody hates me I'm mm-hmm. stupid you know all these kids went to Harvard or kids all the other writers went yeah. to Harvard I just felt really less than and yeah. it was just really manifesting itself in this really fucked up way and so basically after that three week period I just rolled over my bed one morning and like I swear I like yawned and something in my neck pinched Oof. and I just didn't think that much of it like it really hurt I did cupping or whatever but after that it just got worse and worse and worse until the point of like it was just like constantly hurt and I finished the job and I started on Goldberg's with mm-hmm. you 
And it was like, I had to miss three days of Goldberg's. I just remember like being in so much pain and I've been to like every doctor in the book. Like I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Yeah. I've been diagnosed with leaky gut. And like, Ugh, that's what's shit. causing the inflammation. I feel like leaky gut is a thing where we're just like, I don't know. It's probably this. I know. Well, I know. But then when I did that leaky gut diet. I remember you did it for like four months. Yeah, I did it for four months, which is very hard for me yeah. because you know I really like to drink. You like your sauce. I love to drink. Yeah. Um, and I like to eat too, yeah, you know? I mean, you like the finer things in life. I do. You like to live in in bold colors. I do, I yeah. do. And I don't, I'm also not someone who, I don't like putting restrictions on myself, mm-hmm. but I'm also someone that's like, someone of extremes, like, Right. I can go like four months without drinking or like eating a carb and like be super skinny or then it's like get out of my way I'm going to McDonald's I'm starving yeah get in my mouth yeah. like you know and I'm doing bang bangs with Andy Secunda yeah, like yeah. so but I will say when I did that diet I felt a lot better like my pain did go down do you think it was how much do you I mean have you ever done like uh, separately like the diet but I mean just how much of it was just like cutting out booze I mean I don't know because I did it all at once yeah. you know and I was on a shit ton of all these supplements that this doctor was yeah. giving me to heal my gut and bone broth and all yeah. this shit and yeah I felt better but mentally I was in the dumps because it's just like well, not but, a way to live well it's also yeah I think that was a, a, an interesting thing that I had to when I was like super sick I remember I used to have like kind of fantasies about like I want to get better just so I can abuse myself yeah I like, get it was that a little bit, not, I mean not like abuse but like I want to get better just so I can do like the things that like that. so I can be hung over yeah so like make life the things that like that you take for granted that's yeah. what I that's what I wanted to get I wanted to get to a place of healthiness so I could take it for granted yeah because that's like the most the ultimate luxury is being able to be like yeah I take my thumbs for you know anything totally. goes off you get a fucking well, you, toothache it's and like, such a um, you know what's the word I'm looking for like old adage or like Mm -hmm. but like your health you never really think about it until it's threatened and then you're like fuck like it really is just like everything yeah man you get like a a, you know a blister on your toe and you're like how do I never I never noticed that I even have toes yeah (laughs) I have a blister and like fuck yeah every I use these things for everything I know yeah so it's a bummer when yeah some of your parts become bum Mm -hmm. and so yeah, so it's just it comes and goes. It's always there. It's I've tried everything in the book, and um, like right now, it's like my fucking arm hurts so bad, mm-hmm. and it's been hurting for like days. And I'm not a depressive type person. Like I've yeah. never had problems with depression. Um. And but like after a while, when you're like constantly in pain, it starts to bum you out. Yeah, man. I mean, it's I I've. Not not chronic pain in the same way, but I had chronic pain in a different way, just from being sick for the whole time. Yeah, and like I always, the people, you know, every so often be like, "Did you ever? Was there a time you were like thought you were gonna die?" And there was like one or two at times in the hospital where my my heart rate was super elevated and I had like a hundred and five fever and shit like that. I was like, "This doesn't feel. This is not good. This doesn't seem good." A lot of people were rushing in here, but mostly it was fine. It was just miserable, and I think like the thing that I thought would if I continued on that that path for a very long time I think the thing that would have killed me would have been myself yeah like there was a bunch that I never uh, there was a bunch of times where I just you know lived on the fourth floor of a building where I was like my roof deck is the fifth floor 
That'd probably do it. Ooh, that's the last way I would kill myself. Well, no, I know. But, I mean, I wouldn't actually. It wasn't like, I didn't go down that road that far, but it's just like, I don't know how sustainable this is. I get that. I mean, yeah. like, when I was in, like, some of my worst pain, like, six months ago, like, your mind goes to dark places. Yeah, because like, fuck this. Yeah, I don't think I would ever act on it, but it's scary when you're even yeah. thinking about that. But it's even like, you know, you, you think you wouldn't act on it. I think the same thing, but also, like, if, if that's, what if that's your life for ten years? And it's Horrible. Just like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'd probably become a heroin addict. Yeah. Like, that's probably the route I would go. Yeah. Because, like, I don't want to die. No, but let's just fucking get real chill. Let's get... Let's make, let's, let's make all the mama needs medicine. Yeah. Like, you would find me, you know, sucking mm-hmm. cock on the street for, like, <laughs> I a found, hit of heroin. I found you that way now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, it's true. But anyway, so, I... So... A lot of people say, like, oh, it's stress. Like, that's what my husband, Will, thinks. You know, it's stress. Which is crazy to think. Like, it's so hard for, like, my feeble, tiny brain to to grasp that, like, stress could possibly lead to this type of pain. Like, it's, like, it's got to be physical. It's got to be, like, a disease. I have Lou Gehrig's disease. I have ALS. The amount of time I spent on WebMD is terrifying. Oh, like, God. Nothing. I try to stay off now. Yeah. But it's it's tempting because you think, oh, maybe I'll find the answer tonight. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, two things about that. I think, like, the stress. I think it's all, like, whatever is happening to you. My theory on all this shit is that, like, yeah, there's something real. There's something real, physical. But it might just be tiny. And whatever is happening stress-wise is exacerbated. Yeah. Like, to the nth degree. That's what I think it is. Like, it's like I have a slightly herniated disc mm-hmm. in my neck that my doctor said lots of people would have and it'd be fine. But for whatever reason, it, like, gets inflamed. And you have, like, a pressure cooker of, like, just a ton of stress. And then also, that was, like, the thing with my stomach is, like, it was a real thing. But, like, once it started, I would just, like, I would spin on it. Yeah. Like, I could, like, okay, what can I do to stop this? And it would just get worse and worse because then it was more and more stress. And then it would just, it was like a, it just kept rolling. It was like a snowball down a hill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the same, it's the same thing for me. Yeah. So finally, I started seeing, that's why I see a shrink. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, maybe there's some, like, mind-body connection here sure. that I'm not 100%, seeing. Sure, 100%, man. And the thing that... I've kind of landed on with this woman who I love. She's so cool. Is like, and I obviously don't think this is everything, but Mm -hmm. it's maybe a big piece to the puzzle. Who knows? But, you know, you know me. Like, I have a little bit of a temper. Sure. And I can... I, I, I... I, I have a little rage. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know why. I don't know why I have it. Yeah, I mean, you I, you have a lot of... I've seen it come out in a bunch of different ways. It's usually about injustice, whatever you agree. That's right. Yeah. So that's what it's been about lately. And, like, I've had these... I've probably had, like, four instances in the past four months where I have shredded someone a new asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, hardcore... Does that feel good? Well, so that's what I'm talking about in therapy. Basically, in the moment, mm-hmm. it feels so good. Right. And then as soon as it's over or, like, the next day when I'm processing it, it's, like, a mixture of, like, shame mm-hmm. and righteousness. Right. Because I feel embarrassed because I know I shouldn't do that. 
But at the same time, like, I feel like no one else fucking does it. And yeah, like, well, no one else is going to stand up for you or for whoever else. Like, it's it's a little bit like good for me, but also I should probably also be able to pump the brakes and deal with things a little bit more rationally. Right. Yeah. So it's like right. both things. Right? I, I hold it both because like on the one hand, it's like kind of part of myself that I dig. Like, yeah, man, I will fucking cut someone a new asshole mm-hmm. if they deserve it. You know, on the other hand, it's like I really want to be like, you know, a kind, sure. loving person. Yeah. Well, this thing's not mutually exclusive, though. No. Like, you can be, you can stand up for yourself and everything and be very, uh, um, I don't know, confident and, and, uh, lost my train of thought. But also, you can, you can stand up for yourself and be, have, address anger in a healthy way and also still be kind. Yeah. Well, I think, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but like, you know, Trump mm-hmm. and all of his viciousness and cruelty and misogyny and racism is just brings out the worst rage in me and what I really think is happening is there is a trickle down effect and I've become very sensitive lately to misogyny in particular Mm -hmm. and like that's what that's where I like go off the rails and you know like even friends of mine who I think or thought were you know Mm -hmm. woke Mm -hmm. Um, aren't and it's caused some rifts in my social circle and my friendship because I've just gotten to this point where like I can't I I, I can't suffer it anymore well I think it's isn't that a little bit just about um, it's kind of like what we're talking about with one thing in your body being off like that you take for granted your toe or that you're no I can move my neck however I want and I think that's the place we had been socially right. for a, a long time, at least from our perspective. And now that's like, oh, this thing we took for granted is, uh, is gone. Yeah, it's gone. And it's like, oh, now I have a broken finger and I'm reminded of it all the time. So everything else is, again, like magnified. Yeah. So when you see like little things that previously like maybe OK with, but now they just feel like I can't. This is too much. I yeah. can't handle all this shit. It's, you know, Stacy and I went out. To dinner. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you about this? This is one our example. Good, our good pal Stace. Our good pal Stace. Love you, Stace. Um, it was just supposed to be us, and we went to dinner at the Chateau. Mm-hmm. We were stalking Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yes. You know how we like yeah, to do yeah, that. of course. We want to have a threesome with him. It's totally normal. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Will's fine with it. Yeah. Um, I think you'd probably get in on it, too. Will? Yeah. No, that's not part of my fantasy. <laughs> no, I'm saying he would probably want to do the same Oh, thing. yeah. He's yeah. just as much of a fan, is what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But anyway, so this woman, who are many nameless, joins us, a mm-hmm. friend of Stacy's, mm-hmm. and we started talking about the finale of Girls, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge Girls fan, and I'm a huge Lena Dunham fan. Mm-hmm. I was not a fan of that finale. I have, I, I forget, like, I think it was maybe New Zealand or something. We went to New Zealand oh, together, yeah. and I think I just never caught up after that, so I still haven't watched the last, like, four episodes, but continue. Well, basically, what happened was... Lena Dunham's character got pregnant, which mm-hmm. was, like, really off. And then she kept the baby. Mm-hmm. And then the finale was, like, her living in the country with this baby and, like, the baby finally latching mm-hmm. to her breast. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the end. And it just... It felt like a complete reversal of, like, everything the show stood for. Right. And so I was having this conversation, and this woman, who I immediately didn't like when she first sat down, like... 
You know, she mm-hmm. just she's had these big. Just a vibe that was like you're 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 like a dog. You're rubbing me the wrong way. Like, yeah, my fur doesn't go that way. Yeah, she has yeah. like big jewelry, diamonds, and like. You know, she's like a stay-at-home mom. She felt very like Brentwood to me, mm-hmm. which is fine. But sure. like, you know, we're different. And she goes, "Well, you know, I haven't seen the show, <laughs> but the reason I think it was brilliant, and what? like, yeah." And she starts talking about it, and I was like, "That's mm, an absurd." That I want to let it go. Sentence is crazy. I want to let it go, but I didn't. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Well, you know, first of all." It's silly for us to be sitting here debating something you, you haven't, haven't seen, yes. you know. And instead of, like, letting it end there, she went, well, no, let me just explain. Oh, boy. And then she goes, you know, and and Stacy's a mother, as you know. And she goes, well, you know, I just feel like what she was saying was that, you know, look, when I was 25, when I was 35, I wasn't a woman. And, you know, I'm sure Stacy can back me up on this, you know. You're not really like a woman until you have a child. Oh boy! And that very marginalizing and condescending was, and like I feel like a lot of people, I just couldn't let it go. Well, I think that's I I can understand like from this woman's perspective, I don't know, like understanding like oh I changed a ton when I became a mother, and I get that, and I get that's probably like a very cathartic and uh, very illuminating experience. But that's negating that anybody else who doesn't have a kid is not a woman? Basically, this bitch told me to my face I wasn't a woman at dinner. That's crazy. And so I, like, totally snapped, and I was like, um, I gotta say, I find that statement unbelievably offensive. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Is Gloria Steinem not a woman because she never had kids? Or better yet, am I not a fucking woman because Mm -hmm. I don't have kids? Are you gonna sit there and tell me that right to my face? And Stacy is just, like, getting uncomfortable. Uh And this woman starts coming back at me, and she's like... You know, she, she just wouldn't let it die either. And Stacy's like, you know, I think what's going on right now is like you two are just so similar that you're butting heads. Mm. And I was like, I hope I'm not similar to this woman. Oh, no. Then it just got heated. Uh-huh. And it was fine. We ended up going and smoking a cigarette and like the night ended shortly thereafter. But I felt bad about it the next day. Sure. You know, like, you know, I didn't need to react that way. Yeah, you know... It's like I I have a hair trigger when it comes to shit like that. Right. Well, I think that makes sense. I mean, because it's... It, as I've said, like, it seems like it's mostly about, like, some sense of injustice. That's usually your trigger for you, as it should be. And I think, like, that's a quality about you that I've often admired. Like, that you, like, stand up for yourself. And that's great. But also the inverse of that is, like, well... <laughs> I could have just let it go because really, what yeah. does it really matter? I don't give a I don't give a shit about this woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get that, man. But as and all- it, it gets me into a lot of precarious sure. situations. I mean, on the one hand, it gives me good stories. Yeah. Like, so this is another thing that I was telling my therapist about mm-hmm. last weekend. I think I was hanging out. Will was off. It was Saturday night. I was with this group of guys that I've known for like fifteen years or something. Mm-hmm. Not well, but they grew up in LA. They went to another of the private high right. schools. You know. You ran you, similar. Similar circles. circles. Yeah. So it's like two in the morning. The bar's closing. And two of them are like, do you want to ride home? And I was like, great. So they drive me home. And I'm like, do you guys want to come upstairs? Have some wine, cigarettes? Mm-hmm. Sure. They mm-hmm. come upstairs. We're in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. We're talking. And this one guy 
and I had let's call him Rick mm-hmm. okay we had been getting along famously the whole night he was telling me about his divorce I was like I'm a yenta let mm-hmm. me hook you up sure. I mean we were really getting along we're in my kitchen two in the morning and I was telling him about another instance mm-hmm. that happened to me on the 4th mm-hmm. where uh, I got myself into some trouble because I called a guy a misogynist at a July 4th party mm-hmm. didn't go well sure Um, But basically what I was saying was I was equating racism with sexism in Mm -hmm. some ways. Like, I was saying, I have noticed that a lot of white dudes, like, if you were to make a joke about a black person or a Hispanic person or something, they definitely wouldn't be cool with that. But when there's a joke made that's like a misogynistic joke, they laugh. And it's not as big of a deal. When, like, they're the same. It seems like it's much more socially acceptable in some capacity or it's more casual. Yeah. And, like, it shouldn't be that hard to draw that line. And suddenly, this guy's fucking face just contorts. Mm. And he goes, you know what? I just, I don't agree with that at all. He's like, "Uh, I am sick of having to apologize for being a white man to black people, to Hispanics. And I swear to God, like. Also, who's asking you to apologize, bro? It slowed down time. And I was like, oh, my God. And I said to him, I was like, wait a second. Did you vote for Trump, bro? Oh, boy. And then he goes, Hillary Clinton is the biggest criminal of all time. Bill Clinton's the biggest racist in American, uh, rapist in American history. And I was like, holy fuck. I, I, I felt like I was with, I felt like I was with a two-faced. It was like, mm-hmm. I, what have I let into my home, you know? And I turned to my, the other guy and I was like, are you with this, bro? And he was like, no. No, I'm not. And then the guy started going like, you're fucking evil for voting for Hillary. Oh, boy. And so I was like, here's the deal. I was like, you're a white nationalist. Now I understand why your wife divorced you. And you have 10 fucking seconds to get the fuck out of my house before I lay my hands on you. I'm serious. And he was like still going off on me. And I was like, Gabe, get him out of here. I'm serious. I will fuck this guy up. It, it was like this rage. And like as he his friend was taking him out of the house, he was still like, fucking oh evil for Hillary Clinton. And I was like, get out of my house. And I slammed the door in his face. Uh-huh. And it was just like so intense. Yeah. And I told Will and he was like, why did you let this guy into our house? I'm like. Didn't. I didn't know. And also it got contentious very quickly. I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was a friend of the pod, you know. Yeah. Um, But. And then I was like saying to my therapist, like. I know that's not, like, the right response to treat a Trump supporter, but at the same time, like, I was never going to change this guy's mind, Mm -hmm. and we're in my house. You didn't get to speak this way to me. Get the fuck out. Yes. But I will say, to wrap it back around, I feel like I get these, like, spikes of, like, I feel it in my neck, you know? It, like, manifests in, like, tighter and tighter muscles. Yeah. And I just need to, like, figure a way to, like, release the rage mm-hmm. that isn't getting blackout drunk. Yeah. Which is so fun sure. to do for me, you yeah. know? But that's, like, I feel like one of the hard things that I try to figure out is, like, how do I just, like, be more chill, bro? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, man. I mean, I think, because all of that is about... Uh, starting off talking about like it was the stress that manifested this thing right yeah and now it's like you have this personality you have this personality that is like I will I'll fucking speak my mind um 
And I think that's healthy to let that go because like a lot of people swallow that shit down. Right. But it feels like it's not, it's not being, it's not manifest. It's not when it comes out, it doesn't feel like catharsis. Well, like, it feels it's still, really good in the moment. Right. But then it like leads then to I guilt later. Then I feel bad about it later. Yeah. Right. Like, because adults aren't supposed to behave that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what do you think? What is, what do you think would be the, what would be your ideal? What would be your goal? Like, I mean, if you were, you're going, you're doing all this work in therapy, what would be, like, because you like that that facet of yourself, right? That you stand yeah. up for yourself. Yeah. I guess I would, I don't know, like, just not get so angry Maybe about stuff. Let things roll off you a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah. Do you think in doing that, that would be, if you're successful in doing that, that you would a little bit um, mitigate some of the chronic pain. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, like, so hard and when you don't know what the, like, if it'll fix it or not to, like, go all in on it because it's like, well, I don't even know if this is really the thing. Yeah. Like, is it, like, eating and drinking bad foods? And is it, like, being a rageaholic? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know... Do you moralize it at all? Because I know, like, when I was sick, I would... Because I didn't know what was the cause, right? I mean, I knew it was this thing, and I knew I could take pills and try all these other things, but there was... You know, everybody has theories about shit. You yeah. know, some people... I did one thing where I ate nothing but chicken soup for two months, because it was, like, this very specialized chicken soup, yeah. made it from scratch, and if you ate it for every meal, I was supposed to like, this is, like, allows your, your stomach to reset. Yeah. Did it make you feel better? Like, 5%. Right. And it was like, well, I'm, this is like, to is it worth earlier. it? Is it worth, like, I was miserable. Yeah. I was going to like, I mean, I was in bad shape anyways, but like anytime I would be out, wouldn't be eating or like going to, remember going to a Super Bowl party and just like eating this fucking chicken soup. Ugh, and, it's so depressing. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, I was in a bad way anyways, but I would, I remember because I didn't know what the cause was, like I would, whenever I would have like, well, I went out. And I wasn't really drinking or anything at the time, but I would, yeah, it's a, it's a special occasion or whatever. And I had like two drinks or I would eat something that like I thought may have somehow be, you know, adding to it. Mm-hmm. And then like I would beat myself up about it. Yeah. So it was like, because I just didn't know, like, am I the cause of this? And yeah. then because you're beating yourself up, you like kind of are the cause. Yes. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, man. I know. It's hard to, I think that's like. I mean, just in anything, it's hard to be, like, nice to yourself. I mean, what's crazy is that it was so bad towards the end of last season. Mm -hmm. And then I went on hiatus, Mm -hmm. and it, like, got, like, 80% better. It feels like a lot of stress, I wasn't complaining about it when we were in New Zealand. No, we were fine. I mean, to be fair, like, I, I really don't... Not that I'm not a complainer. I'm a huge complainer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love to complain. But I just don't really complain about this to anyone but Will, just because right. it's like, I don't know. It's just such a bummer. It, people don't know how to... Well, it's also like, you can say like your neck hurt and you can't see anything. Like, oh, that's, that's a... Sucks. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. 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 It's like, what's the point? No one... 
you know, no one really wants to hear. Well, it's also like a thing that I think that most people, even though we are getting older, most people our age don't have like bad necks or bad backs. Most people. Yeah. They'll probably, we'll get there. But like, it's also a thing that people don't get. It's not like saying like, I had the flu, like, oh shit, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like hard to, I don't fully get it. I guess I hurt my neck once in a car accident. And it also makes me feel, I think like too vulnerable or something. Like, I don't want your pity, like, or your sympathy or like, I'm fine. Like, I'd rather just not talk about it and not have it be a thing. Well, I don't know if this is your experience, uh, but I remember like I, for a long time until I couldn't hide it, I wouldn't talk about being sick at all because I didn't like want it to define me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. It's just like, all right, this is a thing that I have. Right. But I, it's okay. I'm all right. And it's also like a little bit point of pride that I can suffer through this a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Totally. Like, just like keep my head down, keep mm-hmm. going, keep doing the work and just like, you know. Well, grit and Barrett. Yeah, I mean, I remember. What's you, that saying? I feel grit, like I'm getting all my things. No, no, Grit and Barrett. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Unless, unless I'm off too. That Mexican Vicodin you gave me might be scrambling my brain. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> um, so, like, you, because I remember you doing this diet, and you've done that like once or two or three times, right? Yeah. And for long, for not as long, for long periods of time. But do you? Outside of, like, seeing a therapist, like, what do you do for, like, managing stress levels? Because that's, like, the thing we keep seemingly coming back to. Yeah. We talk about chronic pain. We talk about how it came out. And we talk about, like, the rage, which is also stress in some capacity, right? Yeah. So, like, what do you do for that? I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I go to Pilates twice a week. Does that, is that, like, does that feel like it burns something off? No. It's, yeah. it's more like... It's really good physically, and sure. I love like I gossip with my mm-hmm. Pilates instructor, and that's nice. I need to figure out something else. I, right. I like meditation is hard for me, but I should try it. I just started doing hot yoga. Mm-hmm. That actually kind of calms me down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's like I am too busy all the time to figure out how to manage my stress. Right. And like I don't even have kids. Yeah. You know, like I don't know how people that have kids deal with. Yeah, what is there- maybe if the kids like I actually can see how having kids with like it's like you don't have time to focus on yourself, you're yeah. focusing on other people. Well, I think something like that also like the perspective. Like, oh, the I don't know. Yeah, I don't have time to worry about like you're a misogynist. Get just get out of my sight. I don't need yeah. to because I have other bigger thing, bigger fish to fry. Yeah. I mean, we also work in a very misogynistic industry. For sure. And like you know, I've experienced misogynism mm-hmm. within our industry. Sure. Um, and when you really experience it in a way, like when you're fired because of it or mm-hmm. something like that, like I can't let it go. Yeah. I, I I like fantasize about. I know, but I th- but I think that's but it's also uh, because what. Um, the, what is the 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 now I'm gonna get an adage wrong, but like it shouldn't it shouldn't matter just be ugh, fuck it shouldn't matter it shouldn't happen to it shouldn't be have to be happening to you for it to matter right uh, right no I know I shouldn't but yeah. that was also like a, a prime rem- a reminder of just like oh right previously maybe I was able to turn a blind eye so I wasn't like in the line of fire and then like I now I mean right. always in the line of fire because you're a, a woman in the world but uh, now just like very. A tangible reminder of like, oh right, this is rampant and everywhere, and yeah, it fucking and sucks. super fucked. Yeah. And so that's one thing that my shrink was saying, like maybe I should try and like 
Because she, it, it's interesting that you pointed the injustice thing out mm-hmm. because that's exactly what she said. Like, it's not like I'm getting into fights with people. Yeah. You know, no, random people. Or, no, you're like a very, I mean, almost, I think everybody I know who meets you is like, she's fucking great because you're very likable, you're very charming. Thank you. Um, but I have a lot of friends. I've had yeah. the same friends for 20 years. No, you don't pick fights, but like it's like whenever there's just like a something that's like that feels like it's a thorn, you're like, nah. Yeah, no, we're not gonna let this yeah. slide. Um, but she was like, well, maybe you should like get involved in like you know some activism, yeah. like you know, which I think I would like to I feel do. Like you're not passive. I feel like you're like active. Yeah, like Even a healthy a way thing. to yeah. like try and like make some change or like yeah. feel like I'm part of something, you know? Yeah, man. I think um I think that's a I think that's a good outlet. I mean I I remember years ago, I mean this was twelve years ago, but like I I think it was right after the tsunami, the big tsunami in, you know, South Pacific. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling like helpless about that. I don't know why it triggered because it was just like, oh, a quarter of a million people died. Yeah. And it was like news for like a week because it's far away. Yeah. Um, and then I just remember feeling kind of like, well, I don't have any money because I'm 23 and, you know, I'm in that era of life. But I have a bunch of time. So, like, I became like a big brother. And it was very cool. But it was also, I don't know, it, it, it was, it still felt like, well, I should I still feel like I'm being lazy. Yeah. Because it's like, I feel like that's just like a person that like, I always could probably do a little better. I know. You know? And it's... I feel like that's a thing, if you have, if you're wired a certain way, like that's always what you're going to deal with. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to learn to be like, it's okay. Like, be nice to a- yourself. Any little thing you do. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's hard because we're so, I feel like we're both very focused mm-hmm. and work driven and that takes a lot of time if you want to be successful at it you know like it takes a lot of your weekends and nights and certainly like your week Mm -hmm. you know so it's like hard to find the time to get involved in another you know like especially on the weekends when you don't have to work it's like oh god I just want to like day drink at the pool like where's the rosé or just also like try to relax so you don't have fucking chronic pain all the time yeah yeah Yeah. so then it's again it's like oh what do I do like what there's just no easy answer. No, there's not. And there's also, I don't know, there's also, like, uh, with what comes with that, if you work hard and if you uh, are, you know, afforded a certain a level of good luck, of which we both have been just because, you know, we're fucking raised middle-class white, white kids. Yeah. Yeah. Very we, lucky. We did. We hit the, the lotto. We did. Um, so, but then there's, like, a lot of, like, guilt that comes along with that because, like, I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I should be doing more. And it's, yeah. I mean, it, these these feel like the most first world Cadillac problems. I feel but, embarrassed even talking about yeah. that. Yeah. But it is, but it is, it all plays into, like, I think levels of stress, right? Yeah, and it's just... trying to find positive outlets for mitigating that. I know. What do other people do? How do they know. stay stress and pain free? I don't know. Without becoming alcoholics? Yeah. Well, I, I could just lean into that. But that also might feel I feel great too. when I'm drunk. Sure. <laughs> sure, man. What's weird is that when I'm hungover, mm-hmm. my pain goes away. How weird is that? That is weird. I also think it's... I wonder if it's like the old... What, I'm probably getting this wrong because I just remember this being like a thing that I heard when I was like nine, nine years old. Like a Cherokee thing. This is probably totally urban legend and not true at all. But like the idea of like you had 
uh, a cut on your on your knee, so you would create a, right. a pain elsewhere. Something and else, yeah. yeah. And it's, I think that's probably just like an old wives' tale of just like, uh, it, but it is like if you your mind is too busy, yeah. yeah, yeah, that could be it. But it's also I don't know, man. There's also something um, going back to like when I was really sick and I would just like kind of like I just want to get healthy so I can take it for granted yeah but there is something about like being hungover being like at a funeral being like sad is just like it makes you feel very alive you feel because you're just because it's not stasis yeah feeling even if it's like negative yeah it's still like man life is cool yeah because it's not just like gray and dull tones that's why i I like don't think i could ever give up drinking because i don't know who said it maybe it was frank sinatra but like i feel sorry for people who don't drink because when they wake up in the morning that's the best they're gonna feel all day god do i i mean that's like i really relate to that sure like i i get so bored being like that four months when i was doing that diet and i was sober i was so fucking bored out of my mind Mm -hmm. like that's what i love about doing drugs and like drinking and stuff you know it's like feeling different and it's exciting and it's not the same drudgery yeah what were you more productive during that period did you feel like did you like do anything else that felt like oh this is like a more productive way of energy expand expending of energy and time i mean i wish i could say yes i think i no i think i just did more like designated driving yeah which like i don't need to do yeah thank you lift you know exactly I don't know. No. I mean, even when I'm, like, not, like, I, I always manage to, like, make my work a priority. Like, sure. I'll get my no, shit you're very, done. You're very focused. So, that never becomes a problem. But, like, I don't know. I guess I could, like, get a hobby or something. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like just looking for any sort of, like, a, a through line here, I feel like, is uh, just, like, trying to be kind to yourself. Because, like, that, like, comes to it. I feel the same way. And I feel like that was one thing in being sick. And also, like, divorce and deaths and stuff, like, just taught me that, like, I got to fucking be nicer yeah. to myself because any, any like, sort of, like, uh, feeling guilty about that kind of shit is, like, yeah, that, that's good to a certain point. Then it's diminishing returns. And then you're just, like, making whatever's going on in you, like, so much worse. Like, if you're just, like, hard on yourself all the time. Yeah. It's, like. I have a real problem with that. Yeah. but Since then I was, was a kid, my dad's always, like. Yeah would come in and like tuck me in and he always brings up this one story where like one night he came to tuck me in and I just like burst out crying Mm -hmm. and he was like what's wrong and I like told him some story this was like when I was in first grade Mm -hmm. about this boy Kyle who was like kind of a bully and he was mean to me and I punched him in the stomach Mm -hmm. and he cried and I like internalized so much guilt Mm -hmm. about it and I didn't want to tell my parents because I felt so bad. And then I would just hold it and hold it until finally I would just be like, I punched up on it. Yeah. And he would always be like, it's okay. Like, yeah, it's I, not the greatest, but that's, you know, you, everybody but, makes mistakes. Right. But yeah. even just telling that story makes me realize it's like, I haven't really changed that much. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> like, like how yeah. like, we're hardwired from such a young age. Like, I yeah. feel like that's, I've always been the same. I mean, like, I've evolved and changed because who's to be a crazy person not to be? Like, you have sure. to, life will change but your you. essence, I think, is yeah. always kind of the same. Yeah. Like, I don't know that, I, I don't know, I don't really believe that people change that much. I think, um, 
Like I like I think I, like the assholes I knew in high school are still assholes, but they may have yeah. figured out a better like a uh, way to uh, present themselves to the world because they've learned that being an asshole isn't socially acceptable. Yeah, I think there's a little bit. I do. I think like some people I thought were like kind of dicks in high school. I think now when I run into them, it's like, oh, you grew up, right? And you realize like this is this is bad. People don't like this, and I don't like this. I think maybe you still have maybe you have like tendencies. Yeah, tendencies, or there might be anger, or there might be you know something in there. But I think like that. I feel like that's a thing that you can grow out of a little bit if you're an asshole. I mean, you might still stick around in the same way, like have a couple of drinks and uh, reveals like your true self a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I do think I think like also like essence. Yes, it kind of stays the same. Like I think about like shit I thought when I was five years old, and like, huh, uh, that is still a very similar thought process but I think I think like life has you can go two ways it'll either beat you up and you'll be calloused and become harder because of it mm-hmm. or it'll beat you up and you'll become like much tender and you'll be tenderized by it and softer right and I think hopefully I think I've become softer and more tender and I think you can it's a danger you can go either way man yeah and I think that's just like I don't know which way I'm going I might be getting harder <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe, I don't know, because I've only known you for, what, five years? But, yeah. Um, yeah. I kind of, I don't know that I'm getting harder, but I'm definitely getting to this point where, like, I I love be, to be social, mm-hmm. you know? You know that. Like, I... Yeah, you're definitely an extrovert. Yeah, total yeah. extrovert, love making new friends and stuff, but I've gotten to this point now where, like, I almost feel like I just don't have the bandwidth sure. to take on anyone new. Sure. You know what I mean? Like... I just need to, especially when, you know, I am can have a difficult personality. Mm-hmm. And, like, the people that I already have and love, like, you know, my core group, like, I barely even get to see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I never even get to see you that often. Yeah. Like, Stacy, you know? Yeah. Like, so, it's just, like, I... I I still, like, put out a friendly vibe, but I don't feel like I'm as, like, you know... Well, I think that's... I don't know. Well, that's also... or something? Well, I think that's also just, like, a little more prioritizing, right? Like, I, I have the people that I love, and I want to spend time with them. And, like, yeah, I don't have time for all the other shit. But also, you're just busier, right? Totally. Yeah, like, just I remember busier. I used to... Whenever I hang out with, like, um, anybody who's younger, even if it's, like, four or five years or six, seven years, they, like, constantly have plans. And, like... But plans with, like, to go over to a ho- person's house to watch a show or go to, like, everybody, oh, we're, we're just going to a bar this night or mm-hmm. just, like, that kind of stuff where, like, I don't have that anymore. Like, yeah. I do sometimes, but it's mostly, like, most people have, like, families, either yeah. kids or just, like, a spouse or something. So, like, all that kind of, like, casual, like, we're just filling up the hours mm-hmm. hangout just goes away. Yeah. I mean, I make a lot of plans for the weekends mm-hmm. because it's, like... That's the only time you can do so. Will Will's like at his wit's end with me because for the past like three weeks, like Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, we mm-hmm. have like dinner plans with like another couple. Right. It's not like parties or yeah, yeah. But like he's like, can't we just stay in? And I'm like, no, I have to see these people. Yeah. Like, when else are we going to, you know, yeah. see our friends? Yeah. Which is important to me, you know, but. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm rambling on. Well, we're both. It's it's a circuitous conversation, but I think it is like there is like a lot of th- the themes of just like um, stress 
in general. Yeah, stress. What would you say is um, advice to anybody else who has, because um, we started off talking about the chronic pain, yeah. like advice to anybody who has something, some sort of physical ailment that is happening and like can't figure out why and like how do you manage just the stress that comes along with that? Or the stress that is the cause of that? Um, I can't believe that, first of all, anyone would listen to any advice from mm-hmm. coming from me after listening to me for the past 45 minutes. I, I guess it would just be that, um, like, I would say 90% of the time, like, it'll get better. Like, mm-hmm. if you can just try and, like, have a positive attitude and, like, put your head down and keep going, yeah. like... That's what I've done, like, and I've seen other friends who have had, you know, bad health problems that, I don't know, like, getting really depressed about it or, like, you know, stopping to work, you know, I feel like that's not the right answer Mm because that's just going to make you feel worse and it's going to really fuck up your life. Right. I feel like you kind of just have to, like, muscle through it in a way and just, like, have blind faith that it'll get better. Yeah. Yeah. And try and keep your life on track. Well, also, just even in talking about this, uh, you've already said, like, five or six different things that you've tried. And I think that's, like, you have to be open to, like, well, yeah. maybe this will be the thing. Maybe yeah. this will be the thing. I fucking paid $500 mm-hmm. to talk to a medical medium that I read about on Goop. Oh, wow. Fuck that. This guy was such a fucking snake oil salesman. Yeah, I did something like that once. My, our, our mutual friend Annie for my birthday got like a, a healer. And it was very cool, but also like she lived in New Mexico. So we just called. And I, I didn't realize that she, So we called. Yeah, I, mine was a phone call. Yeah, and then and then she's like, okay, I'll hang up and I'll work on you for the next hour. And I was like, what? Yeah, but you know, like I don't, I don't know if it. I will say I think it was helpful for one thing because she's like, just lay still, and just you know think about what we've talked about, and I don't. She may have just gone off and jerked off, or she may have gone to see a movie or something. But like, just being like given the permission to just like fucking chill for an hour, mm-hmm. and it was just like an hour that was just like, oh, I just kind of relaxed. Yeah. And I thought like I used to do like um, uh, acupuncture. Mm-hmm, me too. And I don't know how much it really helped because I think certain to a certain degree like I had to be w- willing for it to help but I thought it was helpful for no other reason than it was just like here's a half an hour where I just lay still yeah and I think that is incredibly helpful so I think I like meditative things that like I should probably try that shit more well that actually is really interesting because yes I agree with that I would say last season towards the end when my pain was at its worst I was like at my wits end all you want is for it to go away and so like I have to be at work at 10 and literally every single morning I would have a different appointment like acupuncture mm-hmm. in the morning on Wednesdays I would go to this physical therapist on Thursdays yeah. I went to this French woman who like deals with like cognitive pain mm-hmm. and like you know by the way I've spent like thousands yeah. of dollars like I could have bought a new house with the yeah. amount of money that I've spent on this fucking shit um and it was just like I had to wake up early every morning and fight traffic and find parking and get to this thing. And you resent and, that shit. And get to work. And finally my shrink was like, maybe you should just stop yeah. all of it, you know, because it was adding just more So much more stress. stress and chaos, yeah. Yeah, it was like, and when I stopped doing it all, it was just like a relief. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm going to sleep till 8 a.m. Yeah. And just like go to work. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was, like, at my kind of sickest, I went to uh, a buddy, 
my buddy Dan recommended like a, a, a acupuncturist on the west side. Yeah. And I live. Yeah. So and it was it wasn't covered by insurance and was like still like early on in my career and like it was already like thirty five thousand dollars in debt from other medical shit. Yeah. So I'd go out there and it'd be after either in the morning or on the weekends or after work. And it was just like so stressful to go there that I started to like resent it and how much it was costing. And it was like, I think any good that it could have could have done was like taken off the taken off the table entirely just because like I started hating it for sure. Just because of what it represented and like how much effort it was taking, as opposed to just like re- actually relaxing. Yeah. And I remember one time there was one time I went there like on a Saturday where like had, I felt okayish. It was a relaxed Saturday. Didn't have any problems getting there. Didn't like shit myself in the waiting room or something. Yeah. And it was like that one time I was like, oh, this feels, this, this is, is nice. Yeah. But then it was also like pointed out like, I should stop doing this because. Yeah. I was, I'm at the point where yeah. like, if you're a fucking acupuncturist and you're not in the nine to below two six, mm-hmm. don't, I can't with yeah. you. We're done. It's just not going to work out. Yeah, man. I think. Um, so I'm relegated to a lot of like really shady yeah. doctors. Yeah. Mostly. Just I guess I should move to Beverly Hills if yeah. I want to. Yeah, you should. If you want to, if you want all your medicine wanna... stuff, that's the way to do. Yeah. If you want to be a sick person and be convenient, you have to live in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when, uh, um, when my, uh, when my mom was sick. I remember people being like, has, has she tried this? Has she done this? Has she done... And I was like, honestly, I don't know. Because I'm just like following her lead. Because yeah. I remember when I was sick, people would just give me advice all the time. And it's I was just like... It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Also, like, I, you know, I think you have to decide at a certain point, like, what's the most important to me? In the way that, like, we've talked about, like, do I want to... I could do this diet all the time. Maybe it makes it a little bit better. But also, that's what I'm living for is, like... To live boldly. Yeah. To, like, eat a bunch of good food. To have, like, a good bottle of wine. Like, that kind of shit. So, like, where is the, the in-between? How do you thread that needle? Yeah. That's right. what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I don't, know all, how, I don't know how all these, like, Instagram bitches do it. It's like, oh, be Eat Well by Kelly. And they're just, like, in yoga pants. And, like, eat, drinking green smoothies all day. And, I also like, think it's a different thing. It's, like, something, like, they really love to do. Yeah. You know, I, I think know. you have to, like, really like that shit. Or just, like, be very into control. I wish I could hypnotize myself into liking that shit. I mean, you probably could. I should try it. I don't think I could be hypnotized. I just would be like, I have a, no. a, a friend, a girl, a, a girl I dated when I was 20 years old. It's like a hypnotherapist now. Really? Yeah. I'll give you, I'll Hook give you a number. Hook me up. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see if it could work. Like, yeah. hypnotize me into, like, loving monogamy, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love monogamy. <laughs> I love kale, yeah. kale juice. Yeah. Like, yeah. can you just, like, hypnotize my life? And to also, make it... like, whenever somebody says something about misogyny, I say one very astute thing, and then I let it go. And move on. Yeah. Like a like a respectful adult mm-hmm. woman. Yeah, man. Well, I know. I guess that's what we're all trying to do, is kind of thread that needle of, like, what's good for me, and what do I like? And also, I don't know. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming into my bedroom. Yeah, this is the first one I've done on a bed. I love that. I know. Maybe we should just, you should start doing them all in bed. Yeah. Ooh. Bed in. All right. Yeah. That's the new one. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Only you. Only you. I see evidence. There you have it. Another another one. Mark it. Another one for the annals. 
Miss Nikki Schwartzreich. Isn't she great? I fucking love her. She's the one. She's the best. Uh, if you like, if you like what she's up to, if you like her personality, honestly, try to be friends with her because it's it's even better. Uh, also, you know, check out uh, Speechless. She works hard on that. Uh, they work long hours, and uh, I think it shows. So go support that shit. Anything else you see her name attached to, just get on board because she's great. Um, thank you so much, Nikki. Really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me into your your boudoir. That was the first time I've done the podcast that way, so that was great. Uh, also, uh, thank you to you guys. You guys are fucking rad. Thank you for coming along on this weird journey with me, uh, for being a small but mighty and vocal and kind audience, and uh, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you guys. Also, thank you to Hayden Fong- Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes. He's a mensch. Also, thank you to Kingdom Flying Club and Julia Pot for our music. And that's it. I'm done. We're going to be in the back next week, and it's going to be rad. Until then, um, stay cute, you fucking cuties.